Aesta S. Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange podcast where in a Novia and her Novio get each other the worst Libros they can find. For this episode of Bibliovile, I read Midnight Revenge by L. Kennedy, and Mick read Janine Frost's Bound by Flames, a Night Prince novel. So someone Spanish. Libro. Ooh. Benvenidos a Bibliovile, the terrible book exchange. I am Mick Dickinson. Y me amo Susan Dickinson. And apparently tonight I'm feeling Latin. Feeling a little uh, spicy. Gonna do gonna do a uh, a flamenco dance for yeah. us. I just wish that I had a soundboard that had like the guitar noise. You know, mm-hmm. think of the senoritas. Ooh, I see you have a nice cerveza. Is that what's getting you in the mood? No. Oh. Well, what got you in the mood to be so Spanish tonight? Uh, Oscar Isaac. Oh yeah. He's Cuban and who? Mas fuerte. Oh, baby, He's that so man strong. is attractive. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jake Johnson, you look exactly the same as him, but for some reason he just, he looks like he smells like a cologne ad. He does, and I just want to know what he smells like. Like a cologne ad, that's what it looks like at least. But I want to be able to experience it in person. Well, the thing I like is... He's got really good hair. And ch- that chin, though. And With the that shoulders? Chin? Yeah. And those X-Wing skills? Mm, what I don't get is, how did a Cuban man end up with the name Oscar Isaac, which is possibly the most Jewish name there is? I don't Like Old Testament Jewish yeah. name. I don't know. Maybe his parents were just feeling really creative that day. Or maybe he was like, you know, I can get ahead in Hollywood. Potentially, Potentially. yes. <laughs> not that he needed the help, because look at that. Um, but in case it has not become clear... Uh, we saw The Last Jedi in, in theaters today, and, uh, uh, we won't spoil it too much, but I will say that the directors took, or the director took the movie in a little bit different direction. I, I, I liked it overall, just overall. So how about The Last Jedi? Yeah, I thought it was really good. There were some unexpected twists in the end that I wasn't quite expecting. Yeah, the decision to portray Luke as a Muppet, I mean... Yeah, I see where they're going with it. The thing that got me at the end was when um, they were all invited to become part of the Avengers. Oh, yeah, and the Guardians of the Galaxy were there? Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, Disney's just throwing it all together at this point. 50 Porgs and Rocket Raccoon in in the spaceship? Yeah, Yeah. it's just going to be one grand adventure. It's going to be a grand old time. Uh, But you have to admit, the musical number... Oh, yeah. yeah. Carrie that... Fisher leading the kick line. Yeah. Incredible. I don't even... Oh, I just... It was like... Oh, how did that song go again? It's Star Wars. That's right. The Last Jedi. I'm the last one in the galaxy. I'm Luke. I'm a Muppet. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry, we weren't supposed to spoil that much. Instant classic. Instant classic, and you know, I, I, I everyone's gonna be bopping to that this summer. It's the song of the summer. Already. Marching bands are gonna be playing that like crazy next fall. Yeah, more like Muppet bands. Oh yeah, with be the Doctor Teeth, the hot Doctor. new garbage, <laughs> hot new garbage. Doctor, Muppet Luke Skywalker. Doctor Teeth was the the I believe he was the the singer for the Muppet band that had Animal as the drummer. I don't. I've never seen any Muppet things. Except for Luke Skywalker. Except for Luke Skywalker. Yeah. One of those spoilers was real. <gasps> bum, bum, Which bum. one was it? 
It was the fact that I want to have sex with Oscar Isaac. Same. Yeah, he's on the cheat. He's on the. He's on the cheat list. For if all of you us. have the opportunity to make sweet, sweet love to Oscar oh. Isaac, I will be angry at you if you don't. It would not be sweet, sweet. It would be hot and heavy. It would be hot Latin passion. (laughs) Anyway, we read books on this podcast. We do, but we could just not talk about them and instead just talk about how handsome Oscar Isaac is. I could do that for probably longer and have a better time than I did reading my book. You had an okay time reading this book. You laughed a lot. I had quite a bit of fun reading this book. I did not have fun reading my book. Yeah. Pretend there's Oscar Isaac. Um, I think we're going to have to... Pretend you were reading Oscar Isaac. Okay. Hey, baby. Um, I think we're going to have to instate a no toxic masculinity books policy in my life. Yeah, that'd be good, but there's a problem. They're all kind of toxic. This one is especially toxic masculinity. Especially? It's just a big old jar full of it. Just a big old jar full of especially masculinity with some espresso? especially espresso don't judge me oh sorry i just wasn't expecting you to say that okay that one actually is expecting expecting yeah expecting no for all intensive purposes susan it's the best supposedly anyways both of those are true i feel like this is a running joke (laughs) i think it is too and i love it um this book that i read was called midnight revenge by uh, part of the Midnight series, but not the Midnight Sins series. No, part either of... Either of them. Part of the Killer Instincts series. Ooh. Uh, my favorite character is Glacius, which is a very SNES fighting game deep cut. Jago. Super Nintendo everyday system. Mm-hmm. Everyday, I'm system um this book midnight revenge by l kennedy is a flaming pile of garbage and it is about a guy who goes by just d just d just a letter d like dick probably he's apparently got a really big one because they all do um d D is a mercenary so we're off to a really good start um he is one of the stone cold mercenaries in jim morgan's black ops organization (laughs) Um, he is apparently the most intimidating of these mercenaries. He's a bear mercenaries. Of a man. Um, all of the other mercenaries, presumably in previous books, yep. have softened and fallen in love and gotten married. Through the course of their books. Yeah, through the course of their books. And everyone's a little bit afraid of D. No one thinks he'll ever settle down. Hey, everyone is a little afraid of my D. <laughs> Having to see it. One description of Derek, and this is a description that he decides fits. Um, the the woman, Sophia, or our other main character, describes him as a robot. And he thinks to himself, a robot? He thought it over and decided that probably was the best way to describe him. He was a cold bastard, ruthless, violent. He'd been that way since he was eight years old. And if he had, if he had ever had the ability to feel compassion or tenderness, then it had been beaten out of him a long time ago. Like, that's turn, like the de- textbook definition of toxic masculinity. Does it turn out that he's a human after all and he can't have kids? <laughs> Actually, yes. Oh, Because he gets someone pregnant. Is it Oscar Isaac? No, unfortunately. Although there is 
a subplot of two of these male mercenaries falling in love with each other. Oh. That was actually a part of the book that I thought was really nice. It was good. Um, some not nice parts of the book. The, we start off with a bang, quite literally. Um, there Yikes. is a doctor in Oaxaca, Mexico, who helps. I believe Exitua. Who, Oaxaca. Oaxaca. <laughs> um, who Jim Morgan oh. will take his oh. injured Hey, I'm on my way. I think we hit our 15 seconds. Yeah. Oh, now I have to pay. Oh, no. To that public domain Um. So there's a doctor named Sophia, and apparently she's been around for like years and years, but also if she's a physician and she's been around for years and years, she's got to be in her at least 40s, mm-hmm. but she's presented as being like 28. So not quite super realistic, but she's the one that patches up all of these mercenaries when they get hurt. And so naturally she has, she has sex with D. Um, and he says Don't, gross well, things. Of, many hetero women. <laughs> so she, he says gross things like she was so fucking spirited and bossy. He's always he'd always wanted to know what it would be like to fuck her. Gross. Um, his tattoos are always referred to, even in the exposition, as his tats. <laughs> like hey, we can't even D's say the whole word. He's got some nice tats. She he this does. This is really homoerotic, sure. right? Am I just? Uh, no, it totally is. Okay. It totally is. The author wants to screw his main character. It's well, a man, the, right? No, a woman. Oh. oh, Kennedy. Well, then that's, I suppose, just erotic. I suppose. Um, other gross things. His eyes narrowed as he advanced on her like a predator. Because he was a predator. A ruthless soldier. Some sort of sexual and predator. and passive. And yet right now she didn't mind being the prey. <laughs> like... I understand you want us to, like, you really want us to understand that your main character is a bad guy, but, like, I, I get it. I don't need to be convinced There's anymore. no more connotation that that could possibly lead to no. than the phrase sexual, sexual predator. predator. Exactly. At one point when they're, when they're boning, she says, oh, God, and he says, there is no God, Sophia, just the devil, just me. Where is your God now? Where is your God? He takes a crap in the middle of the street. <laughs> Where is your God? Cast um, me down, and yet see as your hand trembles. It was like it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, he says things all the time like life was never good. Sometimes it deceived you into thinking it was, but D knew the world for what it was—a cesspool of evil and violence, a living nightmare. Twenty seventeen. Am I right? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Well, <laughs> um, these so like all these other mercenaries treat each other and think of each other like brothers. Like they've been through all this stuff together. They really care about each other. And they can cuddle if they want. And D is basically like, he liked his teammates. He respected them. He cared whether they lived or died. And he saved their asses when their asses needed saving. He even showed up for their fucking weddings and graduations. But truly caring about them. Enough to experience genuine grief if they were gone. No, he would never let himself get that close, which is bad because this dude gets put in charge of saving a mercenary that got captured. Like, you take the dude that doesn't really care if his teammates and friends live or die and put him in charge of finding a dude? Ugh. He's over the next hill. What kind of mercenaries graduate? Is there like a mercenary oh, no, school? It was someone. It was or one of like the mercenaries' daughter. No, it was one oh. of the mercenaries' daughters graduated from high I school. I love that song. The mercenary's daughter. But. How's it go again? She. 
the mercenary's daughter. It's a really big ripoff now that I think about it. I've never put them next to each other before, I know. but weird. I bet no one else has ever noticed. Yeah. <laughs> um Basically, the plot of this book is that a guy named Sullivan, who's on their team, gets captured because someone else thinks that he's D. He goes by Sully. And somebody, the bad guys think that he's Derek, D, and they capture him. And he's been gone for six months and they're trying to get him back. So they're trying to get, so the bad guys are trying to get some strange D and they just, they hop on the wrong one. And they wind up with some Sully action. And they, ran, they wind they up, wind up sullied. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good, one. A good one. You didn't seem they, to think that I, was that funny. Well, I just want to say they end up in trouble. Now they got to go to their plan B. <laughs> Better get some protection next time. So speaking of people who need to get some protection next time, Yikes. Sophia gets pregnant Yikes. with D's baby. And when Jeez, he baby. when he is in Cancun, what's mm. happening to your glass that you uh, keep? The logo is coming off. No, I know. This is my marathon glass. Well, let's hand wash it from now on. Yeah, let's wash my hands. Yeah, I want to wash my hands of this book. Important podcasting note: I am drinking a beer from a marathon glass. You can fix that in post. Um, I won't. Well, fine. So basically, Derek goes to Cancun. A bunch of other people go with him Ooh, because that's Nick. where they think that Sullivan is being held. And he's being held by Derek's former boss, who's in charge of a sex trafficking ring because our hero Back used to, to be that. involved in sex trafficking. Like some sort of predator. Exactly. Um, and like then Sophia the goes there, too, because she wants to tell Derek that she's pregnant. And then she and Derek both get captured. And then they bone in their cell. That's not good capture technique. No. That's bad capturing. And so then she basically, like, her like whole vacation. arc is that she's going to soften him. She's going to make him become a good person because she knows that he's in there somewhere. And uh, we're led to believe that that happens. But guess what? In real life, that doesn't happen. Yeah, that fun archetype of bad life lessons. Yeah. Also, you're going to have a, a fragile human baby with this scary person yeah monster um they wind up finding sullivan the one part of this book and the thing that i'm going to focus on is the relationship between sullivan and another soldier named liam mcgregor and these two are like best friends and they've always been like apparently throughout the other books it was talked about how like they both feel like they've never had someone understand them before like the other Like, it's a friendship or relationship that they've never had before. Some sort of bro romance. So they're, like, really special to each other. It's really nice. And uh, then the night that Sully gets captured, they had had a couple too many drinks, and they kissed. And then that, like, later that night, Sully got captured. And so Liam has been, like, going crazy trying to find him for six months. I know, right? Not what you expect from this toxic masculinity book. Well, kind of, I don't know, because it's probably like, oh, we, I mean, I'm not gay. We kiss when we're drunk and I'd spank him on the ass real hard. No, like they, like, they actually, there's a, a really, like, actually kind of nice scene after they find Sullivan where he had been, like, they had been giving, his captors had been giving him heroin and so he was going through really bad withdrawals. 
and like Liam like laid That's on the. That's what drug dealers love to do is waste their <laughs> waste drugs. their drug. Um, no, he, he's not a drug dealer. He's a sex trafficker. Then why do they have so much hair? To give to Sully. But so, like, so can't Sullivan is helping him, like, or Liam is trying to help him, like, get through the night and get some sleep and, like, basically, like, big spoons him and, like, stays up with him the whole night talking to him and helping him calm down. Like, it was, like, a very, like, tender moment in this otherwise terrible and disgusting book. Yeah, where's Tom Hanks when he needs that? He's, he's landing that plane back no, up in yeah, New York. Sully. <laughs> I saw that movie and it had nothing about this. I know. This was the... Uh, I was really confused when they made Sully a Muppet, though. This was, the, <laughs> this was the backstory, and then he fell in love with Carrie Fisher. Everybody falls in love with Carrie Fisher. How could you not? R.I.P. But so all of this stuff, um, like all of like this whole backstory about Liam and Sully, and then the epilogue, like we spend basically the whole book on the idea of Sophia and Derek having a relationship and having a baby together, it ends with us assuming that they're going to get together. He moves in with her. But then the whole epilogue is about Sully and Liam and, like, whether or not they're going to get together. That's, what we're, that's who we're really rooting for. I mean, probably, but I could have done without the entire character of Derek. I could have done... So the book... Without the sex trafficking ring and the abduction. I just want a story about... Two nice men realizing that they're more than friends. That would be pretty nice. That would be really nice. I wish that was all this book was. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, <laughs> do you think that you could ever get away with writing a book in which the character that you're rooting for sleeps around a lot? And we could call them a hotagonist? Oh, jeez. Except you'd have to spell ho, H-E-A-U-X. It's my favorite way to spell the word ho. What do you... Louisianian yeah. ho tigers, ho tigers. But da 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 da, go tigers! I guess. <laughs> anyway, any other ooh, thoughts for? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh. <laughs> Thought we were on, done on one. Um, any other thoughts for Midnight Revenge? Was with the tally marks on his back. Um, they're people he's killed. Don't read this book. It's bad. But instead of reading this book, here are three other good books that you could read. Uh, you could read Bad Feminist by Roxanne Gay. Uh, you could read Stamped from the Beginning by Ibram X. Kendi. Or you could read The Postmortal by Drew McGarry. Those are three good books that you should read instead of reading Midnight Sin, Midnight Revenge by And Ed Midnight Kendi, Sins, let's face and it. And Midnight Sins by Laura Lee. Um, also by Drew McGarry, The Hike. Very yes. Good. Well, this has been uh, the Good Books Recommendation Podcast. My name is Ben. I had to end it on a positive note. That book was ucky. Try, try just C. Just center C. Bum. More like an A. Ah, womp away. away. So tell me about Frost. No, that's the that's the author's last name. Oh. Janine Frost is the author's last name. Tell ba me about Frost by Bound by Flames. <laughs> Bound by Flames. Well, after Faith Hunter, you can't really count on authors' names. To Were me. there any Faith Hunters in this book? Uh, no, it's vampires, not <gasps> devils. Any shifters? No, unfortunately, actually. Oh, are the vampires good vampires or bad vampires? Uh, extraordinarily bad, and uh -huh. they're the protagonists. So I guess. Ooh. That's, um, 
It's the climactic third novel, so thank you, Susan. You're welcome. It's Bibliovile tradition. Um, we're reading about Layla and Vlad. Vlad the vampire. Any other Vlad vampires you know? I think the only Vlads I know are vampires. Mm, any specific Vlads? Putin? I don't think he's a vampire. <laughs> Although you, I wouldn't put it past him. Are you sure? Vlad the Impaler, also known as... Dracula. Dracula. And this is the same one. We are reading about the We're, Dracula. She wrote a book about Dracula? What? Um, I thought I was in for a rough ride given the acknowledgement. Uh, oh, you know it's going to be good. So this is a vampire romance book where uh-huh. we're already like, okay, Vlad the Impaler. The Impaler yeah. is the male love interest. Yep, there's going to be some gross sex scenes in this. Well, just wait. First and foremost, I have to thank God for gifting me with the job I dreamed about when I was a child. I believe it's dreamt. Uh, none of this would be possible without, capital Y, your many blessings, comma, Lord. She's... Of course, I would have had a much harder time writing about romance if not for my husband, Matthew, who has been the love of my life since I was 16. So she's thanking God for giving her the job that she dreamed about when she was a little kid, which is writing wiener books. Uh, I'm sure as a little kid, she just wanted to write. But yeah, it's now wiener books, and she has been in love with her husband since 16. I was like, this book's gonna get ucky. Is it like Hot Topic kind of ucky? Yeah. Like Hot Topic girl? No. Um, It's Hot Topic in that everything's very like, Long, dark and overwrought yeah. yeah um but given the expectations of vlad the impaler plus subdued christian sex drive type stuff with which like your faith is important to you and everything like that but you have to admit a sex book thanking god at the beginning with a capital y you're and a 16 year old husband that sets you up for some Unlike Charles Dickens, weird expectations. For some contradictions, yeah. at the very least. Contradictions. Yeah. Um, however, even after the acknowledgments, I knew we were off to a an okay start. Hundreds of candles glowed from the ballroom's gothic chandeliers, casting soft amber light onto the guests below. The lack of modern illumination wasn't because this house used to be a medieval stronghold. The owner was a pyrokinetic vampire. So he was rather fond of fire. Dracula, <laughs> That's great. Dracula can use fire as he sees fit. He just kind of like has unlimited powers for fire and stuff like that. I like every, it. Every vampire has some sort of like power-ish thing that we're led to believe. Um, so our main character, Layla. She said, before, I also didn't have my new ability to... Yeah. Uh, Before, I also didn't have my new ability to briefly hold in the electrical currents that had surged through me since touching a downed power line when I was 13. She can make a whip out of electricity because she grabbed a power line when she was 13. Oh, dang. And also, even before she was a vampire, had been electrocuting anyone who touched her. That's not how human bodies or electricity works. She's a perpetual motion machine. She's the best battery in the world. She's held a charge for nearly 20 years. That's legit. I feel like um, I would really like to have her on car trips. Like, can you charge my phone for me, friend? She also, since becoming a vampire, has gathered somehow the ability to get someone's uh, 
worst sin by touching them. She relives it. So, so like, if she's mad at you and she wants you to relive your no, worst... No, she relives their worst sin. So she can find out if they're, like, oh. betraying people. And she can also read... Well, what if it's not their worst sin? Well, yeah, because she can also read essences and essence imprints left on people's skin oh. from where they've been touched by other people. Sort of like some sort of bloodhound. Uh, and she's a vampire, and so well, she has I these powers. that makes a little sense. Yeah, because vampires have the ability to touch your skin. Vampires, as we've learned in the cultural context that we are currently in, can be whatever you want them to be. Oh, yeah. As long as they're sexy and glitter. Um, I don't. They don't glitter, but they don't burst into flames in the sun. Do I, they have reflections? I don't know. That didn't come oh. up. Um, I feel like the rule that vampires hate the sun is broken more than it is followed now. I would agree with that. Like... Oh, that's just a that's just a myth that pumped out in the 19th century. We like to use it to our advantage so we can pretend like we're not vampires. And it's like, what what even is the point of having a mythos? Yeah, if you're just gonna ignore it all that's the time. That's one thing that I one of the many things I like about Yasmin Kalinorn is that she sticks to that. Yeah, like, even when it, it makes it difficult for like plot and characters and action that like yeah, manali's gotta like go plan. now bye and everyone else is super tired and she's just yeah. getting up um instead the sun just kind of knocks you out uh, makes you go to sleep unless you're a powerful vampire like vlad who can stay up all the time uh we open in a in a uh masquerade ball in which vlad is trying to figure out which of the people there is working with his arch nemesis some hungarian name Sizlogi. oh it's um the, his nemesis is what I'll call him from okay. now on. Uh, and so she is dressed up as a like sexy rabbit type thing. That's her masquerade uh, okay. costume. And here are the two masquerade costumes, or three masquerade costumes that we are told about, other than hers. Vlad is dressed in a Guy Fox mask, like the anonymous V for Vendetta. Yeah. There is a man dressed as the Joker. And someone dressed as uh, Cal Drogo from Game of Thrones. <laughs> And so, wait. So this takes place in a universe where Game of Thrones exists. Yeah. Um, All right. Everything is. Does ver- Twilight exist? Too? I don't know, but everything is very, very modern. There's internet and cell phones and stuff, and okay. planes and napalm, because that happens. Um, oh, good. Um, Do they nuke a dragon? No, there's no dragons no. to my knowledge. Um, but Guy Fox mask and the Joker. I'm like, this is the edgiest story to come out of 2008, right here. <laughs> Um, let's see here. Dracula's got a private jet. He's super rich. Uh, we see Vlad the Impaler fall asleep in his chair. He wakes up in a gigantic fireball. The story is basically throughout these last three books, Stilalji, his nemesis, has been trying to kill Vlad for reasons. Yeah, reasons. Um, and he's using Layla to get to him. And so there's this real fun middle third of the book where Layla gets captured and subjected to torture the entire time. So that's always nice. And a plot yeah. hook that I love is in so many books. And uh, they get her out, I guess. I don't know. Um, one thing that is kind of glossed over and barely mentioned is that her boyfriend and her husband is Vlad the Impaler. The who, Impaler. Who has a dungeon and actively tortures people in 2000, like nine ten yeah. you know and has humans that he uses for like blood supply so he, i'm like lady this this is bad i don't he's like a sexy dude or whatever i guess but this is bad yeah that's not good you should probably go ahead yeah and he's stop torturing that. people i don't understand where the like the oh but he's, he's actually comes in he's like no he's he's 
He's straight up torturing He's a bad people. person. Yeah. Uh, while she's uh, captured, they rip her arm off. So that's a little bit of fun. They also skin her alive and she grows it back. Oh, does she grow her arm back? Yeah, she grows her arm back. Oh. Because nothing happens in this book that matters and stays around. Uh, Vlad's castle gets blown up with napalm and missiles and stuff. Um, but at one point they're going to go capture his nemesis or kill him or something. And so they need to build a team. And so we get this actually like... The Avengers. Yeah, we get this actually little fun montage of them like shopping around for magic supplies. And magic is legal, but the nemesis is using magic. So they're going to use it back on him. Because what's he going to do? Complain about it? Mm -hmm. Uh, to the authority, like the vampire authorities. I don't know. Uh, and so we get this a little bit of fun montage and they're looking to like change new people. And so they go to a hospice to find people between the ages of 25 and 50 that don't have any connections and they can bite and turn into vampires and then they'll have a new person, you know, to help them. And they know that his nemesis hasn't gotten to him because they just became vampires. And they also go to death row to change a guy who's going to die and he's probably innocent. And the way that Vlad knows that he's probably innocent is because he watched a documentary. Who's Daryl Meadows? I asked as we drove to the section of the large compound that housed the death row inmates. Possibly an innocent man, Vlad replied. He was imprisoned over 20 years ago on scant evidence and questionable testimony, but since all forensic evidence was lost, he can't request DNA testing to prove his innocence. You sound like you know a lot about him. I saw a documentary on the death penalty that mentioned him, among other inmates. At my raised brows, Vlad the goddamn impaler continued almost defensively. It was late, you were asleep, and there was nothing on. Which, all right, you got me, book. That's pretty funny <laughs> that Vlad the Impaler is watching documentaries because he can't fall asleep or whatever. <laughs> um, so that's pretty fun. Uh, there's, a there's a necromancer subplot where Layla's skin was used to create a spell where if she ever tried to find the nemesis through her like touchy power thingy, uh, she would instantly try to kill herself as quickly as possible. Uh, mm. And it's written actually pretty well. I wish I had the, the page number down here. Um, but it's just like, and then I walked over to the, the counter and went to go grab the, uh, butcher knife and chop my head off. And it's like, not, you know, dwelled upon at yeah. all because this is like the most normal thing in the world to her. Uh, <laughs> so that was, that was actually pretty cool. Um, I thought was, was a little bit of fun. It seemed like there were a decent number of fun moments in this. Because there were times that you you would be like, okay, or like giggle it, or something. Like there there were at least some light moments in it. Especially at the very beginning, it was just like, we're playing on dream rules or whatever. Like, it's just, go. And there's, yeah. there's vampires can do this <laughs> and that and the other thing. And you're not going to argue because this is the way it is. Yeah, and this is vampires and there's all sorts of stuff here. And I don't even believe, like, it was just kind of ridiculous. Like, oh, my God. That's a whole thing. I'm going to stop looking at you for the, there it is. Uh, I was surprised when I followed, how do you think you pronounce that? Salagis. Salagis, yeah. yeah. Salagi's essence trail backed him with much more ease than it had taken me to find Vlad. Our mutual enemy was in a car, driving up a windy, steep road with a startlingly handsome, black-haired young man in the passenger seat next to him. Maybe being well-fed really is the secret to unlocking my abilities, I thought, as I walked out of the pub and went into the villa's version of the kitchen. There I pulled the knife out of the chopping block on the counter and swung it out of my throat as hard as I could. <laughs> Vlad grabbed my arm, stopping me before the blade could complete its lethal arc. I tried to hack at my neck again, but all my muscles suddenly lacked coordination. Vlad wrested the knife away and threw it across the room. 
let me go. I need to do this. I tried to say, uh, couldn't he see that I had to cut up? I had to cut off my head right now. Like, so that was actually pretty fun. Like, well, she doesn't know that it's wrong. And since you're reading this from her perspective, you're going to be yeah. nothing except your mind is going to tell you that it's so. But there's a lot of stuff. It's like, oh, I have electric powers and there's napalm helicopters here and we're blowing stuff up. And suddenly there's like a four foot tall vampire who was in the circus and he was in other books. And oh, he just kind of like walks into the room. His name's Marty. And you, I half expected somehow to hear like the cheers audience. Marty! Because <laughs> that's like how the entire thing gets that gets uh, told to us. Um, but other than that, wholly unremarkable i have no interest in reading the fourth book because there's a fourth so we ended on a pretty they killed the nemesis but now the necromancer's there and they can't kill him without killing as far as they know right now without killing layla in our next book can we have less killing okay okay so no murder mysteries Mm, only the ones that are about women who like Knit. knit why are there so many knitting murder mysteries i don't know i do knit no I do knit now. I was trying to come up with another knitting pun, but I'm not as crafty as you. You don't have any pearls of wisdom. <laughs> My mind's all tangled up in up. knots. Uh, anyway, don't read these books. Go read a good book. We'll read the bad ones for you. That is the sacrifice we put upon ourselves, like Ray's fateful jump from the diving board to win the championships in The Last Jedi, the movie that we saw. With the Muppet Luke. With the Muppet Luke. And he was over there on the bleachers. Hey, go Ray! That's what he sounds like. He's really quiet. Mm-hmm. He is very, very quiet. I love you forever. Sorry this episode's super short, but Sue's book is super gross. Yeah. And not fun at all. And my book was pretty fun. Anyway, if you want to hear us be funny more often, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Susan J. That's S with three U's, S-A-N-J. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Dickima, D-I-C-K-I-M-A-A. But unfortunately, for some reason, Instagram linked me in the suggested pages to one of my students. And so I've had several requests on Instagram today. And my Twitter name is also the same name as my Instagram name. So I had to, I had to put my Instagram on private. Or my my Twitter on private. So, yeah, I know. It's really gross. So I'm going to create an at Bibliovile Twitter handle. Oh, neat. And so I'm going to shoot out the the show from there instead of Dickie Ma from now on. So follow that, uh, both of you. Uh, It'll be a grand old time. Mm -hmm. At B-I-L... No. B-I-B-L-I-O-V-I-L-E. The intro music to our podcast is Babe of the Night by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. And our outro music is, is whatever Mick decides he wants it to be. Probably going to be. As Sue continues, have a good night, Matt. In the jungle, jungle the, the mighty jungle, jungle, the lion sleeps tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that all there is? Alfie. Alfie. <laughs> I was trying to harmonize. Oh, sorry. I don't know the other part. I just know this from Brain Donors. Are we still going in the podcast? No. Yes, we are. Because no, here comes the second round. Susan, pick another song. Go. 
Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Our guest, be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, Sherry, and we provide the rest. Shoot du jour, hot odeurs. You have to pick a new song soon. Dancing in the moonlight. Everybody feel the moment right. It's such a fine night. You're a fine girl. What a good wife you would be. Ooga chaka, ooga chaka, ooga ooga. I can't stop this feeling deep inside of me. Girl, you just don't realize what you do to me. Whoa, we're on the second verse already. When you hold me in your arms so tight, don't let me go. Everything's alright. Why all right. do you fill me up? <laughs> fill me up, buttercup, baby, just to let me down. It messed me around, and then worst of all, worst of all, you never saw baby when you say you will. And I love you still. I need you. I forget the words to Meyer Hawthorne song, and I was gonna sing it. But baby, you called me, and everything and everything was alright. Everything is alright. The end. Where's the stop button?